Listener supported. WNYC Studios. This is All of It from WNYC. I'm Allison Stewart, live from the WNYC studios in Soho. Thank you for sharing part of your day with us. We have an exciting announcement about our Get Lit with All of It book club event. As you know, this month, our author is celebrated novelist Tanana Reeve Dew. We are reading her acclaimed new novel, The Reformatory, a New York Times notable book of 2023. It tells the story of a young black boy named Robert who is sent to an abusive reformatory for boys in Jim Crow era Florida. After he he kicked the son of a wealthy white man. He was defending his sister Gloria, but the move gets him sent to the Gracetown School for Boys. Once he's there, Robert realizes that he's able to see the ghosts of boys who have died at the school. The terrifying man who runs Gracetown wants Robert to help him hunt these ghosts or else... But the ghosts, they do not want to go quietly. Tanana Reeve Dew will be joining us for a live in-person event at the Stavros Niarcos Foundation Library on February 28th. So mark your calendars and get your tickets now. E-copies are available to borrow thanks to our partners at the New York Public Library. And today we're excited to announce our musical guest, banjoist and fiddler, Jake Blunt. Knock at the window, knock at the door Crying, brother, can't you take a couple more? My brother said, well, your wallet looks a little thin If you can't pay, you better learn to swim Water rising in the morning Water rising Water rising in the evening Keep rising all day long Keep rising all night long Tell me, didn't it rain, 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 children? Jake Blunt is a performer and scholar whose work explores the black and indigenous roots of string band music and melds it with Afro-futurist themes and even modern genres like hip-hop. He's also a celebrated fiddler and former recipient of the Steve Martin Banjo Prize. Jake Blunt will join us to talk about his work and perform at February 28th event alongside author Tanana Reeve Dew. For tickets and links to borrow the book, head to wnyc.org slash get lit. And also follow us on Instagram at all of it WNYC for book club discussions and information. Happy reading. And I will see you on February 28th at the library. Now that's in all of our future. Let's get this hour started in the present with a new play, Between Two Knees. The history of what was put upon indigenous people from the Wounded Knee Massacre in 1890 to the Wounded Knee Occupation of 1973, well, it doesn't necessarily seem like material for comedy, but in the hands of the intertribal sketch group, the 1491s, this traumatic story becomes a super maximalist and surreal comedic romp through American history. Between Two Knees, yes, that is a reference to both Wounded Knees as well as a saucy joke, focuses on three generations of one indigenous family. Isaiah and Irma meet at an oppressive Catholic boarding school for Native kids, and they team up to fight back, literally fighting off some nuns with nunchucks. From there, the play follows the couple and their descendants through wars and hardships, but there's plenty of humor along the way as we are guided through the story by a guy named Larry played by our guest, Judd Gothier. We meet ridiculous hippies who have transcended race, man. George Washington, there are prophecies, loud rapping, 31 wigs, 300 props, Disney princesses, mime wolves, a bison, a rapture, and a really big explosion. 
Between Two Knees was written by the 1491s, including our guest, Bobby Wilson, who has also written for Reservation Dogs, alongside fellow 1491 member Sterling Harjo. It played at the prestigious McCarter Theater in Princeton, New Jersey, this time last year. But right now, it's running at the new Perlman Performing Arts Center through February 24th. I'm joined now by Bobby Wilson, who, by the way, is going to be performing stand-up tonight at Pack NYC. Hi, Bobby. Hi. Hi. What's up? And also, as I said, Judd Gauthier, who plays Larry, is with us as well. Hi, Judd. Hello. Hello. So, Bobby, this is, and correct me if I'm wrong on any of this, this is the first play the 1491s have written? That's correct. Yes. First and only. All right. So, for first and only, it's big. It's got a lot going on. It's got scope. It's got scale. It's got characters. It has more than 100 costumes. Um, Why did it make sense to go so big? Uh, you know, I never thought about the word maximalist until you said it uh, on this show today, and that's really what it is. Uh, I come from a, a family of hoarders, so it kind of makes sense that it's stacked wall to wall with all the junk that we could find at the uh, Oregon Shakespeare Festival, who originally commissioned this play. Mm-hmm. Uh, go big or go home. I mean, everything that uh, our comedy troupe of five uh, Indians do is, tends to be uh, as big as we can make it. Judd, what was your reaction when you realized how how big, how maximalist, how surreal this whole project was going to be? Well, I think um, initially I didn't have any idea it would it would you know be produced to that nth degree that it is now. Um, this is my first uh, stage production work, so it was amazing to arrive at OSF and and then get into the theater space and see you know, the the stage and the level of production value that was being put into it. It's amazing. Yeah. My first thought was, wow, just wow. Yeah. Bobby, if someone's not well-versed in Native history, you will learn something from this show. When you all were writing it, how much was education a part of the project? And how did you gauge how much exposition to include? Yeah. Uh, uh, or- the play was commissioned through um, a, a fund called American Revolutions, and uh, they funded several plays, I think, I, and I might be misquoting, but I, I believe since the 80s, they've done uh, uh, several different plays over those years. And uh, the one of the stipulations is that um, what they wanted was for playwrights to interpret American history. Uh, and so being one of the few, uh, indigenous, uh, uh, writers that they had tapped in that, uh, span of, in in the span of that commission, uh, we thought it would be so much fun to come up with our own version of, uh, American history, uh, through the lens of a single family, uh, in between massacres and uprisings. And Jed, on the stage, you, you walk around the stage, you address the audience, you can, you can see people. Um, what is from your observation, what is a line or a piece of history or a moment that really seems to sort of, you can see surprise in someone's face or, or that sense of like, oh, wow, I I don't know this, or I should be thinking about this. Is there a moment in the show? I think there's a lot of those built into the show. Um, personally, when I like to be backstage and watching the monitor and see, you know, my, my other co-stars out there doing their thing. And sometimes I wish I could see what the audience's, you know, reaction is to some of the stuff that happens that other people do. 
But for me, it's always the um, the opening monologue mm -hmm. because I deliver it right to the audience and I can see everyone on all sides. Um, and it's pretty subversive, you know, um, the opening monologue. So, yeah, just seeing the faces like go from expectant to we can I can pretty much gauge individually like who's going to be into it and who are going to have to work really hard to <laughs> mm -hmm. to get on our side with the work so yeah that that opening monologue for me is is, is a real um, important point it just brings up an interesting thing bobby this idea of like there's it's funny and then there's poignant and there's funny there's poignant there's one i'm not going to give anything away but there's one scene which you're laughing you're laughing and then there's this tragic reveal it just comes it comes boom like a hammer how did you think you when you were writing this how did you think about the balance between those comedic moments because you guys have the funny and then these really hard tough moments like you know a lot of folks uh over the years have asked myself and and my comedy troupe uh what is indigenous comedy because that's kind of a thing that comes up all the time and we had a lot of time to think about it and really it is kind of that it's born out of a lot of the tragedy and the resilience and so uh, you know, folks like to be like, oh, yeah, dark humor is sort of what it is. But uh, it's a little bit more nuanced than that, because there, it, uh, the reality of your situation, of our situations as indigenous people creeps in, you know. And when we talk about history and we're, we, we know and we knew while we were writing this piece that most of our audience is going to be coming in like the vast majority of Americans who we've met uh, with very little knowledge of who indigenous people are. They predominantly think they know who we were based on what they've been taught in school, you know, which, you know, that, that ain't their fault. I mean, I don't expect everybody to re look out and learn everything there is to know about Indians, you know, but uh, most of it is, dang, it's really messed up what happened to you people, you know? Uh, oh, it's such a shame what they did to you guys, you know, and and a lot of times in spaces outside of the Indian community, uh, there's folks who just simply have never met a Native person in their whole life. And they've been wondering, where are you guys at? What have you guys been up to? So this play kind of makes fun of what we've been up to for, you know, 100 years. <laughs> My guests are Bobby Wilson and Judd Gauthier. We are talking about Between Two Knees, which runs through February 24th at PAC NYC. So, Judd, you're one of the only people in the show who plays a consistent character straight through yeah. Larry. Larry's our guide. Um, what do you see as Larry's role in this piece? You know, it's, it's funny. Early on, I was um, at OSF in order to, for myself, is almost like a trick I played on myself to be comfortable on stage, is that I imagined the entire audience was just my nieces and nephews. Um, and I was like the storytelling uncle around the fire, you know, just guiding them through. And then um, later on in the season, um, speaking with someone after a show, they used the word avuncular. And I was like, okay, yeah, I could see that. And I'm, you know, I'm really like trying to channel um, some of the comedy legends in my mind, you know, um, indigenous and otherwise. Um, Groucho Marx comes to mind, Charlie Hill, Gary Farmer. Um, yeah, so for me, that that character, 
Larry is, like you said, he's not only is he the storyteller, but he's also molding the story as it happens. And I have much more involvement with the other actors in the second act. So it's almost like Larry is being blended into the ensemble more so. And then uh, the further we get into the play, like Larry is not necessarily losing control of the story, but is sort of, you know, like I said, blending into it. And it's just really interesting work. And it's an interesting way to tell a story and to be a part of on stage. Yeah. Bobby, there's a joke early on in the, in the play about how hard it is to cast the show. Like, hey, we find this many indigenous people and that so hard that one of the members of the cast is Korean. So is that true and something you had to write in? Or is that necessarily <laughs> or was that part of the the, the original script? You know, it, 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 it's always been a hope that we could make that joke work with somebody. And thankfully, uh, James Ryan, our uh, Korean Hemsworth, uh, comes in clutch for that one. <laughs> Uh, uh, but he gives a he gives off um, Big John Cena energy to me. Yeah, yeah, big time. <laughs> uh, and, and he's hilarious. He's fantastic. You know, we uh, all of these characters like we 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 pretty much knew who we wanted to cast uh, and kind of molded the characters around the, our original cast, who is uh, you know performing at uh, the pack. Uh, but yeah, that joke about uh, not having enough Indians to cast uh, is really born from casting non-native people historically mm -hmm. in native roles. I mean, you had, what was it, Burt Lancaster played frickin' Jim Thorpe. Uh, and then, you know, you even go as far up as Twilight, where mm -hmm. they cast a non-native person to play uh, the lead indigenous werewolf, uh, Jacob. I can't remember his name right now, but you know what I'm talking about. Taylor Lautner. That's his <laughs> Taylor name. Lautner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that, you know, that kind of comes from that is like not, uh, and, and and with the uh, the tropes and the stereotypes, we like to uh, not necessarily reinforce them, but, you know, uh, sort of remind people and then take them back and uh, uh, and exploit that for our, for our play. What was one you knew you were going to go for? What trope? Oh well, the Indian burial ground—we had to do that somehow, and it, it, it's a—it's not a horror film, but uh, every you know Stephen King we grew up with, everything's kind of got this this weird Indian burial ground background thing, you know. Uh, not not spoiling it for anybody, but there is a pet cemetery. In the show. <laughs> mm -hmm. Jed, this show has so many costume changes and wig changes and set changes and you're a bartender a space creature a nun um what's going on backstage tell us take us back a little bit to behind the scenes what sure. you have to go through during the course of this play yeah uh one of one of the cast members rachel said early on like she's never acted on saturday night live but she imagines the backstage traffic patterns mm -hmm. and timings that we have backstage are very similar to that there are certain spots in the play where i have you know a minute and 10 15 seconds to change you know costumes and get back out on stage and kind of pop in bugs bunny style in a different entrance <laughs> you know things like that so backstage is a bit madcap and it's almost another show you know going on backstage compared to what's going on on stage because 
we all like to play and have fun. I mean, we're at work. We're working really hard. We believe in the work and we like to have fun. So the backstage, we try to keep it light and, and be very inclusive with our crew and have them bring them in on the hijinks and the tomfoolery. Um, and, you know, some sometimes they it's just basically the the alchemy that happens out on stage is very much influenced by all of the the personalities and um, sensibilities that are helping mold it backstage. So, yeah, it's backstage is intense for sure. We're talking about the play Between Two Knees, which is running at PAC NYC all the way downtown through February 24th. I'm speaking with co-writer and member of the 1491s, Bobby Wilson, and Judd Gauthier, who stars as Larry in the show. Bobby is doing stand-up tonight at 7 p.m. and 9.30 at PAC at the Good Medicine Comedy Festival. Bobby, tell us a little bit more about when the 1491s first formed. What were the goals initially? Yeah, uh, the the 1491s, we all kind of knew each other separately. Uh, three of us are from Minnesota, and uh, two are from Oklahoma, Sterling Harjo and Ryan Redcorn. And I met those guys down in Santa Fe, New Mexico in 2010. We became really good friends that night. We stayed out till like 2 in the morning. We slept in the same bed, the three of us. We got breakfast. I got invited to one of their weddings. It was crazy. And then, uh, you know, now their kids all call me uncle years uh-huh. later. Uh, but, but, you know, they've had their long and storied histories with screenwriting, Sterling in particular, uh, in the same cohort as like Taika Waititi uh, at Sundance Film long time ago. Uh, but the four of us spent a decade touring all over Indian country, been to every single reservation on Mother Earth in that good way. <laughs> oh, oh. So many Indians, ha, 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 and told so many jokes on those stages. Um so that's how we came together, and that's what kept us together was uh, laughing and having a good time and being invited by Indians from everywhere to come and perform. Uh, and it's been really beautiful, and it's kind of the trajectory that has led us to creating this piece uh, between two knees. We originally, we really didn't want to write anything for theater. Mm-hmm. It seemed like a lot of work for the five of us to do. We had done like 100 videos or something like this uh, for uh, over a decade posted them all on YouTube. We had done a bunch of live sketch shows. Mm-hmm. But the the theater was offering some really great support with their residencies, bringing us together from across the country uh, to have this creative shared space for like weeks at a time, you know? And so we were like, yeah, let's do it. You know, let's put our heads together, come up with something long form. And from there, I mean, uh, immediate, like while we were, in rehearsal for that, Sterling Harjo sold Reservation Dogs to FX and started writing the pilot for that. And Migazi, who's our other co-writer, was getting ready to go off to Canada to to be a, a to cover set on this historic epic drama for Nat Geo. And uh, yeah, I mean, we were all ready to to take off with hmm. this thing. So from between two knees, there was a huge turning point in our in our comedy troupe. And then also in our personal and individual careers as writers and artists and and folks like that. Yeah. Judd, what do you hope audiences walk away talking about or thinking about after the show? I hope that there's, for one, sort of a a learning that happens about, um, like, Shyla's line in the play about how, you know, comedy can, can help heal trauma. 
Um, and like Bobby said, you know, uh, indigenous comedy has been referred to as dark comedy or gallows humor, you know. But I feel like we have a big open air lab going with that show every night. And really the the influence of the audience, it makes a big difference who's in the audience for us when we're when we're on stage. Because we're in the three quarter thrust, um, it's the audience can see each other, right? And there's reactions, a whole array of reactions that happen. So if we have good laughers in the audience, for one, people who are open, open heart, open mind, you know, um, they can help help us tell the story mm. to the other people in the audience who might be reticent about laughing at, you know, those sort of tragic circumstances that we portray. Um, but like Bobby said, you know, like I also come from a family of hoarders myself, too. And we hang on like indigenous people hang on to stuff because we have to so we have that sort of like um i would say it's like parental responsibility i feel that my parents were you know activists in the 70s 60s and 70s <clears throat> and it's almost like a mantle being passed down to me uh, for me to portray that on stage and i and i try to um I try to definitely uh, take that responsibility seriously and nothing is more serious than comedy, really. I mean, um, to me, anyhow. But yeah, I hope the audience walks away with like a uh, a little bit of an understanding about the intergenerational um, idea that the play is trying to put across and, and how this has been going on, um, you know, for centuries, really, and the the like the deep the the deep knowledge that the play has is in the fact that we can laugh at things we can bring you right to the verge of tears with things and then bring you back and have you laughing you know 10 seconds later you're it's almost like that laugh healed that kind of trauma you just experienced so i hope that you know in a small way audiences experiencing that walk away with a feeling of familiarity with a little more familiarity with American history in terms of it coming from the facet of Native American understanding, you know. Between Two Knees is running now through February 24th at PAC-NYC. I've been speaking with Judd Gothier, who stars as Larry, as well as Bobby Wilson, co-writer. Bobby is doing stand-up at 7 p.m. and 9.30 at PAC, Good Medicine Comedy Festival. Have a great show tonight. Thank you. Ooh. 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 Ooh.